What's up, Jammers? Thanks for joining us back here for the next episode of the Jamcast. This week is pretty cool. We went out and did another artist sound check. And just to recap, an artist sound check is an episode where we focus on one artist and go deep into their catalog. This week, we dive into the wacky stylings of the great and almighty Ween. So my brother Crispy and I created a Spotify and YouTube playlist as always. So be sure to have that playlist handy as you like to listen alongside us as we jump into this artist soundtrack featuring Ween. So chill out, drop in, drop out, whatever, and we're going to get started, turn up the brown, and push play on this episode. So have a good time, guys, and we'll catch you all on the flip side. just about music here we are man what's going on dude not much excited very excited 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 for excited for some ween everyone i've talked to about uh i was doing an episode on ween they get excited people who know ween love ween people who don't know ween will love ween yeah they sure will (laughs) (laughs) it's it's hard not to that it's just hard not to it really is it really is and i i admit that uh i only knew a few of their tracks when i uh decided to do this with you i i i mean i knew some i knew some of their albums i knew some of their songs but not their whole catalog man and and doing an artist sound check on them I was just like, all right, got to dig in. And uh, I think we'll get some lessons learned here throughout it uh, from where they started and where they ended up. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Ween. Let's see where where they came from, man. I I did the earliest I went back was 1984. They met in grade school. Yeah, dude. Aaron Freeman and Mickey Melchionda met in typing class, um, read stories about them. They didn't like each other at first. No, I uh, guess uh, uh, Dean was kind of a, a, a jock. Yeah, and Dean Jean... is Mickey. Yeah, and Gene yes. is is uh, Aaron. Yeah. yeah, they they Aaron was kind of a nerd. Gene was kind of a nerd, and you know Dean was sort of a jock. He was a lot cooler than him, but they met in this typing class and hit it off, I guess. And yeah, I just, mean, eventually. Right. They just both love music. Like they were two different yeah. dudes. Just just uh, from new hope pennsylvania so shout out uh it's kind of near and dear to both of us because we used to uh go there a lot with our family uh yeah dude peddler's village and all that uh right outside right 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 on the the border of right across the the there's a there's a a bridge that goes into new jersey so they're pretty pretty right there on the edge there but uh Yeah. yeah started in 1984 two dudes that just like really enjoyed music and i guess both could play obviously could go, both play because you're going to hear later that if there's one thing that gene and dean ween have beyond their absurd lyrics 
an absurd music composition. They're both great musicians. Like they just, they're incredible. They're so good. So well put together. They push the limits of themselves and then like what they're putting out there. It's really cool. Um, and dabble in every genre imaginable. Everything. This, this does not feel like an artist sound check. This, sounds like it could be a different artist for every song we're going to listen to exactly it's crazy it really it really is and uh i looked it up and and experimental rock came up a lot and i'm like okay i get that uh but you'll see they have uh a soul album a country album uh wacky wild drug induced fueled <laughs> yeah dude sounds uh, a, uh, a lot of their <laughs> i feel like a lot of their music was written while they were tripping yeah it's... well i mean yeah <laughs> yes they started out in 1984 and just two friends recording on uh a, i think a four track cassette uh player type deal and a drum I, kit and a guitar dude that's that's all it was that's it and they uh <laughs> I think it was, I can't remember if it was Gene or Dean, uh, which is not the real name. That's another thing that hit me. I didn't quite know. I mean, I, I kind of knew as I was older getting into it, but every time I heard Ween and I heard Gene and Dean, I was like, oh, Gene and Dean Ween, like they're brothers and their last name is Ween, yeah, Ween. <laughs> um, which I found out Ween is actually a uh, two words put together of uh, wuss and penis. Uh, that's, where yeah. they, that's where they got that from <laughs> just some just some that's, kids in high school being yeah i was gonna say that's what happens when you you know you meet your best friend when you're 12 years old and start making music with them. yeah <laughs> like, let's let's make a band name that's just the combination of wuss and penis um <laughs> but uh yeah they they got together and i guess they were pretty much like underground new hope natives they played a lot of like shows First of all, they recorded a ton of content, like a ton yeah. of content. I think their first album had like, it was almost called a best of because it had like 26 tracks on it. <laughs> There's so uh, much on it. <laughs> it came They're out like their a first, minute and a half. Yeah, they're, they're, and they still play those tracks. That's the best part about all of this. Like, I think you showed me. Um, I got I'm a weasel. weasel. What I got is a weasel. It? I got a weasel. Got a weasel, right? Like that was off their first. That's one of their old school tracks and they still play it live. Like not today because they're not. Well, no, I mean, they, their most, most recent live concert I've seen of them was a couple years ago and they were actually like doing fan requests. They asked and someone said, I got a weasel. They were like, God damn it. We wrote this song (laughs) when we were 13 years old and will not fucking die. (laughs) so funny and then, <laughs> it's so and then funny. they played it yeah it's so hey, good dude that's it, it really is you, you i think it was like maybe a, a month ago or so you showed it to me and i was like i haven't heard this yet because i because <laughs> uh to be to be perfectly clear i i thought okay i'm doing an artist sound check on weed ween let me listen to their discography in order and <laughs> if you're not prepared for that they're they're old hard stuff to is, get through yeah their hard old stuff is hard it's uh rough but it's good it's still fun to it listen is. to i think we did a really good job with this playlist of at least showing what they can do and exactly. if you know if people want to get deeper into it and listen to their more niche stuff you're mm-hmm. gonna like it too if you like yeah. this stuff you'll like it all because it's definitely it's great it's weird it's 
it's fun it's stupid it's <laughs> it really is it's passionate too that's what's so funny about it they like they put their all into everything yeah and i i think yeah there there was a lot of drug induced uh music throughout the time i don't know what they were doing or what they were on but they were on a lot of different things and um it, it's it's weird and wacky and it's fun you're right uh and some I, I think it was gene that said it our, our original tracks were meant to be obnoxious uh like they were trying to be they were just like forget it like, let's, let's break the mold let's make some good music but like let's make it just whatever we want to make it um do we want to talk about a little bit of a boognish? Oh, no, I was just going to say that's like there. It's the mascot, the, the crazy big smile with the weird hair. Yeah. It's again, they were tripping one day. They saw this, the boognish, which is uh, some Middle Eastern deity, I think. And that they went with that. They roll with it. Yeah, and they 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 said the Bugnish uh, appeared to them and commanded them to start this band, and I guess in 1990, so 84 is when they meant. So they had six years of just like piling this stuff on, putting stuff together, and doing whatever they're doing, um, and then they came out with God, Ween, Satan, the Oneness, uh, which was like 26 tracks, like you said, a minute and a half each. Yeah. I, I do think they were influenced a lot by like punk, and their post-punk kind of. Uh, feel to them uh of their like fast-paced gritty kind of i don't even know it's kind of like pitchy guitar work yeah. it's like they they like stretched it and did all weird stuff on the tape deck uh and then um 91 came the pod which the pod and god weed and satan the oneness uh were all really super lo-fi grudgy tracks and uh like I said, a little hard to get through if you don't know their whole story and really right. know it. And like yeah. you said, this playlist we put together, I think we made made it approachable. So if you yeah, definitely play, playlist, it's approachable. And I think the first track we're going to get to here is off Pure Guava, which is their first uh, major label. You know, the two first albums were not major label. This was all done kind of solo. I don't know what they were on, what what record label, but Electra is where they transitioned un, under Pure Guava. And um, yeah, it's still lo-fi, but they're, this is where they kind of like started making the transition to, I don't want to say the mainstream because I don't think they're mainstream. But no. I, everyone I talk to, I say, "Hey, Ween." They're like, "Oh my God, Ween, the best!" Like, yeah, well, we have we have a different set of friends that people like, I work with. I work with the dude, really. Colin, the guy that's been doing the the podcast with me. He 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 loves Ween too, and he's not out of that group. I think it's just I think there are like a, a big following of these guys. It, there is. All right, so the first track we're going to get into is "Don't Get Too Close to My Fantasy," off of Pure Guava. Let's go and give a listen. Come on back. All right, guys, this is the part of the Jamcast where you get to choose your own adventure. You can either pause the podcast now and jump over to Spotify or YouTube and listen alongside us, or you can just hang out for a few seconds and we'll be right back. It's really your call. No wrong answer.
don't get too close to my fantasy. And that was off Pure Guava. That was their first, like I said, major record label kind of put out there. And I believe Pure Guava also had uh, Pushing the Little Daisies, which is Mm -hmm. one of their claim to fame that like put them out into whatever nebulous they were out in you know right that's the one a lot of people know if they, if they were listening to ween when they were putting this music out they knew her they heard pushing the little daisies yeah i think they were on like conan or something like that and, and maybe played that as well i think they did yeah so i don't know man that that first one it sounds and, and you'll hear this later i think there's a couple other tracks on here that they do this they're trying to mimic a sound but it sounds like Bowie, right? You hear Bowie in that a little bit, and it's for uh, sure. It's really good, really well put together. And um, between '92 and '94, they're putting out, uh, putting things together from an, uh, an EP, "Chocolate and Cheese." I think "Freedom of '76" was actually on an EP with uh, a song I told you to put on here, but you didn't. It's okay. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pollo Asado. Uh, <laughs> Which is just a, a drudgy t- track where they're uh, ordering some Mexican food the entire time. It's like three so minutes good. of just like <laughs> complete noise him, and him ordering food. <laughs> him ordering food from a Mexican restaurant, which is cool because so so you have pure guava that has a lot of ins and outs, ups and downs, still lo-fi. When they moved to chocolate and cheese uh, in '94 that's really when they started to polish their game up. They started uh, going with this kind of hi-fi sound as opposed right. to lo-fi, like real production value in it. Um, right. They started to get started to get some money. They could afford a little bit more. They could get right. studio time. They could hire musicians and things like that. Exactly. So they, they started to put it together and sound like a band and not just two guys with a, you know, a four-track recorder right. and a drum kit. I think there was something too. Did you get anything about Henry Rollins and all of this from Pure Guava? No, just in general, I guess. Which really like st- started getting them in the right direction. Uh, they opened for Henry Rollins, and Henry Rollins gave him like a shout out. It's like if you don't know Ween yet, you will. You'll be crawling to the altar of Ween by the time you're done. <laughs> or like that. That's hilarious. It's like this music is amazing, and you need to follow it. Uh, and that's really what uh, took them from, I think that was probably before Pure Guava. That was when he was. they were doing a lot of local shows. They opened for They Might Be Giants. They opened up for some other big acts. And Henry Rollins was one of them. And like I said, that, that post-punk scene and the punk scene, I think Henry Rollins, I mean, if they were touring together or opening for Henry Rollins, they had to have that kind of same kind of, I don't even know what you call it, like that. that uh that grit, but also that energy, that like animalistic kind of yeah. out there getting like crazy. Right. Yeah. If you're gonna hang, playing, like if you're going to hang with Henry Rollins and Black Flag, you're, you're you got to, you got to be able to hang, you know, you got to be able to hang. <laughs> like, and if he's calling, he's saying you're going to be crawling to the altar of Ween. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you must be putting something out there that's working. Yeah. But anyway, that was a uh, Duke. Don't get too close to my fantasy. It's just the first track I picked from Pure Guava. It kind of starts us off. Um, and then I'm moving right on into Chocolate and Cheese because this one this one has a little bit more of a soulful vibe. And the song I picked to play next is actually Freedom of 76, which is a fire track. It's so good. It's such a good song. It's got Philly references. Let's listen to it. And I'll come back and talk about it. 
Alright guys, you know the drill. Either jump over to Spotify or YouTube, check out the playlist. If not, just hang out. We'll be right back. Hitting those high notes. Hitting those high notes real well. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay, so like I said, we don't have any of the pod or the oneness on this on this playlist. But if you listen to those albums... And I think it's more about the music there and less about the lyrics in those other ones. But really, when you get to this, like, oh my God, like, butter. Yeah, like it was, yeah, it's great. Butter. Such a great voice. It's really got like that soulful kind of like almost pop 70s kind of vibe mm-hmm. to it. And it's real slowed down, kind of a little funky in there. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was funny. So Dave Grohl is on record saying, uh, I would give my left leg to write a song as beautiful as Freedom of 76. <laughs> That's Dave hilarious. Grohl, yeah. which uh, is, is, it's pretty impressive for someone to say. Uh, I mean, this is when people really started feeling, I mean, Spike Jones, the director, directed this music video. Right, where um, Dave and Gene are stealing the Liberty Bell. <laughs> and getting arrested, <laughs> getting, getting arrested. taken out of car. Yeah. What's uh what's crazy about the video is and I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Chad Ginsburg from CKY was an extra in the video. No, was he? Yeah, because he's a huge Ween fan. I don't know why. And I was thinking about it, and this is a little bit off topic, but do you realize how many bands, at least how many I listen to, that are from Pennsylvania? Does that happen to other people in other states? Obviously, I don't know. Right. So I listen to so much pennsylvania music cky ween uh todd rungren uh beanie siegel meek mill the wonder years dude there's so many artists that i listen to that are yeah. from pennsylvania and it blows my mind and they're all kind of local to where we are right for the most part yeah and i, I just i wonder if other people do that like do people from other states listen to state-centric music or is it just because we got exposed to it or i don't know is pennsylvania just that awesome i mean meek mill is like pennsylvania like only heard of all those artists you just named right everyone knows them right i mean we are east coast i guess you got california on the other side but i don't know man i don't know that's a that's something to uh look into thought that was funny that is funny. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think about that. Uh, yeah, but I, obviously they're repping boys, really hard in this. Yeah, boys to men too. Oh, boys to men. They, throw <laughs> they talk out. about them. They uh, they throw out South Street in there. Even they're talking. I think they're talking about hose. <laughs> Fairmount South Park Street. and yeah, Fairmount Park and Mannequin, which I this one made me sad. Mannequin wasn't filmed at Woolworths. There's no Woolworths in Philadelphia. It's at Wanamaker's. <laughs> I guess Mannequin was filmed at Wanamaker's. Doesn't <laughs> you got <laughs> to kind of force it. Yeah. I wasn't, I did not realize Mannequin was filmed in Philly. That was one of those little claim the fames, but uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know until I heard the song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which Mannequin, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while, but I used to like it a lot. And, uh, Holds a little sp- special place in my heart because I brought this up before, but I sang Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now at my wedding, if you remember. I do. <laughs> uh, which is the main song from that movie. Yeah, uh, it's it was made for that movie, I believe. Yeah, I don't know, man, about the, the Philly stuff and, and PA, just native bands, because I've talked about live before, too. I like live. Oh, yeah, live's live. another one. Live's I forgot about them. 
I don't I don't know these guys too well. Yeah, I don't know these guys too well, but August Burns Red, they're kind of a little new from Lancaster. They're from Lancaster. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot. The recording studio that they were recording in originally is 10 minutes away from me. I can walk there. I walk by it constantly. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I think they moved now, but the building that they were in is Hmm. right downtown. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if Pennsylvania is that awesome that we just create all of these awesome music. I, just ha- <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, a lot of those you said were uh, really big guys. Right. But Chocolate and Cheese, they were hitting the hi-fi sound. They were cleaning it up. Like you said, they got some money, throwing some right. throwing some cash at it, uh, and doing some really cool stuff. Uh, and I think the next track you have on here is also off chocolate and cheese it chocolate is. and cheese chocolate chocolate so we're going to be listening to That's what diener was talking about what diener was talking about all right let's give it a play i love that little space age tail out there uh, it's cool yeah Dropping you down <laughs> It's uh, what Diener was talking about off chocolate and cheese. And this is, this really speaks to like how they write their songs, I think, mm-hmm. because it's, it, it's just like an experience that they had. The, mm-hmm. So the lyrics of what it's about is Gene not understanding what an anxiety attack is no way. until he, until he had one. That's why it's <laughs> so this because, is what Dean is talking about. Yeah. Because Dean is, is known for having like anxiety issues and panic attacks. And like, there's a story about him having like a rough night and Gene waking him up and he's like, what's going on, dude. And he was like, I was you know, just having a bad dream and then having a panic attack and things like that. And he just didn't comprehend it. And then he had one one day and was like, Oh, <laughs> this is what he's talking about. This is right. insane. This this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. And then he wrote the song. <laughs> it makes sense because yeah, I mean, a lot of their songs are just like, hey, let's make this a melody and put it together. Like, yeah. You'll see later. We got a track on here called Your Party, and it's just it's the same idea. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot different. Yeah, but a lot different. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. So yeah, that's chocolate and cheese. That's uh, it's ninety four. So this is ten years after they started, like just kicking it and recording and huffing air duster or whatever the hell they did. Um, <laughs> Taking shrooms and huffing air duster. <laughs> yeah, another another thing that comes up a lot when you look in the ween, you know, beyond the the bugnish or how do you say it? bugnish 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 bugnish. I'll call it bugnish. Uh, is brown. Uh, and you and I were talking earlier about Brown and, you know, that's a Brown album or that's a Brown feeling or, you know, we're, it's just super yeah. Brown. Uh, and I, I was, I had no idea. I don't like, it's just how they describe themselves and describe their music. Uh, but I did look it up and found um, a, the pretty concise definition of how, what, what Brown is to ween. And it's, oh, yeah. it's a low down, dirty, nasty, drugged out, an incoherent groove that makes sense if your mind is in the right place or you have been there enough to let the feeling come back once again. So, and that makes total sense, total sense to what they're doing. Yeah, for Um, sure. That, that sounds like something a guy on mushrooms would come up with after you just saw a a Middle Eastern deity. Right. Right. (laughs) So super brown, man, super brown, but the, the tracks were thrown down right now. 
aren't too brown. They're very, once again, approachable. So, uh, so the next song we're going to be listening to is <laughs> Mr. Richard Smoker off of Golden Country Greats. So let's go ahead and give a listen and come on back. Great song. <laughs> it really is. It's so funny. It's really fun and happy and upbeat and just get you in a certain mood. So beyond the lyrics, because I'm just going to skim over top of those, uh, you can, <laughs> they're, you can aggressive. Take it, they're aggressive. You can take it for what you what you want, but I'm going to talk more about 12 Golden Country Greats because I thought uh, it was really kind of cool what they did here. Uh, cool, quote unquote. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so for the their, listener. Yeah, it's fifth. It's their fifth album. Uh, came out in 95, followed Chocolate, Chocolate and, Cheese. and Cheese, which had that soulful vibe. We listened to what Diener was talking about. We listened to Freedom 76. And then this. Apparently what they did, this is the only album that they've ever put together that focused in on a genre that I could find. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all country songs, or I guess country music, not right. country <laughs> lyrics. Right. Uh, and that is a big area of uh, issue with some of the musicians that were on it. But they, uh, they well, they went they, they went down to Nashville, right? Yeah, they met they up with their, their their friend Ben Vaughn, who who they asked to help produce it, and he had already been down in Nashville working with a bunch of session musicians, and he 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 uh, Gene and Dean got together and said, you know, we want to do this, and they got uh, twelve studio musicians together and wrote all the tracks you know there's only 10 songs on the album but it's called 12 golden country greats but they said they they tried to cover up their mistake by saying oh well there's 12 studio musicians well it wasn't Um, a mistake so much they they couldn't get the last two songs on the master recording so they had 12 songs they pressed it it. before they could get the the last two songs on there but then you know afterwards they were like oh there's 12 12 musicians the funniest thing about this is they didn't tell the session musicians <laughs> what they were putting over top of it. So you listen right. to that song and you're a musician in Nashville. Like you're right. trying to cut your teeth, trying to make it out there, trying to, you know, change the world. If you're a session musician, you and I have talked about this, like session musicians right. kind of that, rule that was, the music world. Right. That was huge on the Yacht Rock episode. Cause yeah. that's, that's what yeah. it's all based around. Right. And they didn't know. Um, so they're, <laughs> they, they didn't know they were going to be associated with a song that starts out, Mr. Richard Smoker, you're yeah. a poopy poker. You're a poopy poker. <laughs> and they really had uh, a bunch of the members had had a bunch of issues with uh, Piss Up the Rope and uh, Japanese and Cowboy. Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, and they didn't want to be listed in the liner notes, but I think the art, it was already produced and put out before they, they got to, to actually do anything with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all of the music on that entire album was done by the session musicians, and Gene and Dean only did some guitar solos on Fluffy and I Don't Want to Leave You on the Farm. Uh, the rest were all done by the session musicians that a few of them toured with them and actually did play. So I guess not everyone was upset about Yeah, just a few of them. I didn't, I didn't read who exactly did no. like it, but... And they were called, they called them the Shitty Creek Boys. <laughs> That's right. Ween and the Shitty Creek Boys. Shit Creek uh, Boys. 
and I guess there was also there's the a one one track on here where either Gene or we Gene or Dean are uh, calling out all the names of the musicians that are playing, and at the end of that song, there's a, a Muhammad Ali voiceover or quote, and they checked with Muhammad Ali's his agent, and they were like, "Absolutely not, you can't use it." But then what I read is that it was accidentally pressed. Yeah, they did like Before a thousand copies, that. right? Yeah, and then they they cut it out later on the second the second pressing. But yeah, yeah I'd like to get my hands on a copy of one of those, right? One of those first thousand. Yeah, how about it? I'm sure they're worth some money. Um, it's just it's it's funny, man. It's just funny that how how these guys work. Like we're only we're only eleven years in, and and they've put all this music together, and they've kind of come up so quickly you know, from where we are right now talking about them from where they came from and right. session musicians and going to Nashville to recording, yeah, working yeah. with professionals. And... Right. Right. <laughs> and then, but they're still doing like shit. This. Yeah. They're still doing stuff. Like they're still 13 year old kids. Yeah, exactly. They're still 13 year old kids <laughs> fucking around and, and doing it all. So it's funny. Yeah. So that was Mr. Richard Smoker. And uh, now I'm going to move on to an album that, it's another themed album. I wouldn't say it's one genre, but it's a themed album and it has a lot of a lot of big stuff tied to it. So let's listen to I'll Be Your Johnny on the Spot off of The Mollusk. I'll Be Your Johnny on the Spot. Off The Mollusk, which The Mollusk is an entire ocean-themed album by Ween. And they call it their dark acid rock came out in 97. Uh, and if you look at the album art, I do think there was some dark acid going on because <laughs> it just, it it's a nightmare. It's, it's an absolute, absolute nightmare, absolute sea monster nightmare. But the thing that's really cool about this is that, you know, I, I saw a lot of sources that said Steven Hillenberg who developed a little show called SpongeBob SquarePants was influenced by, he was a huge Ween fan and he was influenced by this album to create an underwater environment, <laughs> AKA everything we know about SpongeBob SquarePants. Bikini Bottom. Bikini Bottom, man. That was so, Ween has, 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 without you even knowing it, uh, Ween was uh, maybe part of your childhood or part of someone else's, you know, childhood or just part of your life. Well, honestly, it probably was it, anyone. I mean, I remember watching the show when it obviously that was my wheelhouse. I right. literally grew up watching it. Sure. So I remember the episode where SpongeBob didn't know how to tie his shoes. Right. And, and they made the song. Ween actually wrote the song. I think they performed it, too. They definitely wrote Loop to Loop. Yeah, but oh, I think it was them. Yep. and shoes are looking good that was weird that was no idea it's so funny that it's hilarious and, and there was also like early references in the uh some early episodes of them referencing a mollusk with you know looking at you through one eye and i, I believe in the song the mollusk they talk like that yeah uh so there's some lyrical actual in the very early episodes but yeah loop the loop was and and, and ocean man off yeah. of this album was on the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, it was, yeah, it was uh, the end credit scene. 
Yep. One of the major tracks on the soundtrack too. And I think put them in a different realm once again. So Ween is just telling you they're in the background doing stuff and it's clicking. I mean, people that that's, I guess that's what you get when you put out, when you create so much music, there's going to be like two buckets. Like, okay, this is the music that people love. And this is the music people are like, okay, well, we don't need to listen to that. We'll listen to this and just take mm. that because I think uh, the mollusk and uh, perhaps the next album that we're going to go to are probably the band's most approachable albums, I would think. Yeah. The yeah, for sure. And I guess you got the next pick. I've been talking a lot. Well, I do. Yeah. yeah. So, well, before we go on to that, yeah. the, something about, Johnny on the spot and the Miles. This is the first time they introduced Claude Coleman, who was their longtime drummer. And right. he was, they, they started to get away from the drum machine and had a, a real drummer. And Claude Coleman is a staple. He is un, like, he might even have another name, a, mm-hmm. a, a ween rhyming name. <laughs> I don't even know, but mean, mean, yeah. Mean, well, mean ween was mean their basis. Was, was their basis. Was their right. basis. Um, and I don't know, this song feels like it still had that connection to the, the 12 golden country classics. It kind of feels like a country song still. And this is yeah. like the transition out of that. That's it's true. A, I'll get that. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah like a do 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 do, like that yeah. outlaw speed rock, I guess. I don't know what you want to call it. I get you. Now this, there was like a little jump here. I didn't, I didn't realize there was like three years in between. I guess this must have been a big touring year or they were putting out other uh other albums or you know compilations or something because 97 was mollusk and well i guess they have about three year span in between the next couple albums but you got white pepper man uh, even if you don't off of white pepper It's like my second favorite Ween song. Yeah, it's definitely up there for me. I love this song. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, even if you don't, off White Pepper. Interestingly enough, the video was directed by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park. I heard uh, that. Yeah, I, I read that. I think they make a cameo in it. I don't remember exactly. I haven't watched the video in a while. I just remember. It was it's so weird. I, it's not the video. Not a video. Like it doesn't match up to the song content. They're like it, they're in a it, bar. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. But it's also like very on par for what they do because they like they go on a double date and right. both of their their dates get picked up by some random dudes in the restaurant mm-hmm. after they go on stage to perform to like impress these girls <laughs> they, they just, just sit get, down take them yeah they get picked up by some other dudes it's, it's hilarious something i found interesting and it very much a sign of the times the single for this song included uh, a quick time video of the song <laughs> oh, quick time no. yeah you, you got a quick time video with it that's funny yeah that's funny I really think that, that White Pepper as a whole, the whole album, was probably one of their most eclectic sounds. Yeah. This it really gives you a cross-section of what Ween can do. There's just so many different sounds from song to song. Mm-hmm. If if you didn't know you were listening to this album, if you listen to it front to back, you would think that it's a different artist on every song, honestly. Yeah. And it's 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 cool. It is cool. And, cool and 
it's it's probably their most like produced album like if you listen to it it's so clean it's it's well tuned everything yeah it sounds good it's it's very it's just a good album but what's funny about that is for a lot of the the more diehard ween fans they didn't really like the album because Uh it was was too polished probably right it was too polished and it felt like too much of a segue into a mainstream feel right like almost like they were you know selling trying man i guess if you want to call it that yeah um, right i don't know if you called that you you may if you're making music you're making albums to sell them whatever but yeah hopefully uh yeah so it was it was one of those things it was you know one of their segues into a mainstream sound yeah which i get but i just i think it's a great album um the song itself it's it has what i like about music a lot and especially like uh what I like about Yacht Rock. It, it, it's an upbeat song with some pretty dark lyrics. Like yeah, if you read the lyrics, it's about a guy like desperately, desperately trying to make this relationship work. Right. That just this woman that, you know, she's got issues and he's he's trying to stick around and make it work, but it's just like the most toxic relationship. <laughs> she doesn't take her men, she's you know calling his friends and like accosting them assaulting him with a knife but he's like i I love you so much i gotta stay and it's it's so funny to me yeah i think that you know that uh position what do you yeah the juxtaposition of like this upbeat song you bob to and you know Uh even if you don't she got your knife up to my neck. It's like, what? <laughs> why am I why am I happy about this? Right. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> I think that that like encompasses who Ween is. Yeah, they're just kind of they like, yeah. They're having fun with it. That's what it yeah, is. They're exactly. Having fun. They're having fun with it. They're putting up the the music that makes it makes it all work. But the lyrics, I you know, I've talked in the past about how lyrics matter. And I think they're almost turning that like thought on its head. Like lyrics do matter, but not not the way you think they do. Right. Like you can tell two stories with one, which is kind of cool. And right. uh, I looked up what what where they got White Pepper from. Did you see this? No. So because it's their, they knew it was their most polished album, and they were going for a kind of poppy kind of sound to it. And it was their last album on Electra, the Electra uh, label. It, they felt that it was a mix between Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and the White Album, two of the Beatles' most uh, well-produced albums. That's funny. Most, yeah, so White Pepper. White Pepper. Uh, and just a little honorable mention to Pandy Fackler. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to that song, I, I was telling Crispy that I thought it was funny he didn't pick it because after doing research, it's kind of a little bit of a nod to Steely Dan and their uh, their sound. And if you listen to Pandy Fackler, it's got some Steely Dan kind of vibes hear, to it. You definitely hear yeah. it. Yeah. Once again, lyrics are different, but uh, the sound of the music for sure. Yeah. And that was out in 2000. So they went from 97 to Mollusk and now to 2000 with White Pepper. And this has bang. This has so many good songs. What, so White many. Pepper has uh, the first song I ever heard by Ween, and that's uh, Bananas and Blow. It's so and good. I, oh my. I, I heard that Pat showed me that song, and right. then we heard it at a friend's giving, and I heard. I was like, "What? This is incredible. This is right. the the best song I've ever heard in my right. life." And I mean, at that point, it was because it was <laughs> the first Ween song. I I didn't. I had no idea what I was gonna you know stumble yeah, into later. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's uh, good stuff. It's yeah. a great album. 
And I would say that's probably, you know, to, to say the word again, if you like this playlist, listen to white pepper, uh, and then adventure out, maybe mollusk after, and then just adventure out. Yep. Uh, For sure. Definitely don't start with the pod. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to, you're going to be sorely (laughs) upset. I think I texted you. I was, I was, I was, I was on, I love, I love ween. I love (laughs) ween and I can listen to tons of different kinds of music. I can listen to stuff that hurt your ears, hurt your head, hurt your body, whatever. And I was uncomfortable on a few tracks, not because of what they were saying, just just the the feel, the 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 sonic information being traveled to my brain it didn't work too well for me but hey i got through it and yeah white pepper great album amen uh, i think you got the next couple picks man what i do got next? next one is uh your party off la cucaracha which is Another... my favorite song yeah yeah cool. let's go 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 again another song with you just get lost in the rhythm and it's it's real groovy it's got that sax in it yeah but it's a silly song it's a silly song about nothing <laughs> about, about a about, party about a couple having a good time at a dinner party right and then the guy being inspired to do his own to do his that's own. all it is this is what he said my, my wife was competing in a game of chance chance yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny i love right. it it's yeah. a great song. I I think it does a really good job of painting the picture too of like what's going on. Like when I hear this song, I can close my eyes and I can see this huge, beautiful house, this mansion that's like, it's probably got real soft light and like it's kind of dim and there's like bookshelves across all the walls and they're all filled and there's a million people standing around in these little groups and there's a guy walking around with hors d'oeuvres and like here you go sir would you like to try the shrimp cocktail and it's just it's so funny i can i see it it's like uh, something out of a movie it's so good it is it's one of my favorite songs and i kind of messed us up here because this is a 2007 release and we missed oh no uh yeah we're a little backwards you were going in order of how they were released i was i was that's fine that, we'll keep it yeah. we'll keep it we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, mean it We'll wean it. We'll, we'll just yeah, just make it weird. No, but your party. You want to make it brown? It's got to make it brown. Yeah, I don't know if we can make it brown on an episode on a podcast, but <laughs> and just be less yelling at each other, um, <laughs> being really quiet. But yeah, what La Cucaracha? That was an what like an uh, I'm guessing a Mexican inspired album uh, Something that like they that, put I'm together, sure. and it, it was one of their last. So we are going backwards a little bit, but that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I did read that they uh, rented a farmhouse and converted it into a studio for their last two releases, which was off of La Cucaracha. Uh, La Cucaracha was the last, and the Friends EP was their last like studio album that they put out. Yeah, and I guess they were just taking it by by their by their you know doing it themselves. They didn't want to be set up with a producer or anything like that. They, were they just... went went back to their roots. Yeah, this last pick of yours. Well, no, there's more picks, but this I... last this this last studio album of yours is uh, yeah, it's Chocolate you, Town. Man. Yeah, Chocolate, Chocolate Town, Town off uh, off Quebec. This is my absolute favorite Ween song. I love this song so much. Mm. 
this song was actually written and inspired by uh, an experience that their one of their guitarists, Mean Ween, another staple in the band, he was buying drugs down in Trenton in like the worst place possible and he got picked up by the cops and this is basically about how he was treated like shit when he got arrested <laughs> and oh, no. it, it, it kind of sobered him up and it, the songs about him you know having this experience and then coming back from it and trying to you know regain his sobriety right and sailing brown bay down the chocolate town to get drugs and then you know he says he, he gets arrested and then he's harassed and then he says he, he said he got beat up by the cops while he was in holding and oh, no. yeah yeah so it, it inspired this this song it's but it's another one of those songs man it's he grew to it and then yeah hear about the lyrics and what they mean it's like whoa well, well the whole That's, album the whole album i think uh i read up and that gene was going through a divorce so that's why it kind of has that like sad tone mm-hmm. i guess it was towards the end of his relationship and he was going mm-hmm. through a divorce with his wife so a lot of the songs have this kind of like really just sad yeah, tone to yeah i guess <laughs> like uh i don't know like zoloft for example that's uh, a <laughs> that's that's got a sad. pretty sad one pretty I do sad like zoloft though it's a yeah. good song i mean we've been through a lot so far We've been a through yeah. a lot, and like I said, like you said, actually, it's you know, is this an artist sound check or are these different artists? Because every song, dude, it sounds different. It sounds like it could be a different artist, honestly. It, yep, yep. There's a lot of it, and I think we just have a few more here, and and even these highlight that even more so. Yeah. So, I guess you're gonna take us now to this is Gabrielle off Shinola Volume One. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That is Gabrielle off Shinola, which is basically a, a compilation of uh, B-sides and rarities. So this was just a song that they recorded that didn't make the cut for one of their other albums. Uh, I don't know exactly when it was recorded. Yeah, where do you think it some... would fit in now that we've listened to like so much of their stuff? I don't know. Yeah, where do you think it would go? I don't know. I, I guess it would probably be somewhere around white pepper yeah i would think i think so i think white pepper has a white pepper sound to it yeah this is um or actually i don't know maybe maybe like uh quebec because that's that that was like that sounded it feels like a classic rock song like a classic love rock song talking about a girl it, which is funny because it's actually not about a girl. <laughs> Jean's middle name is actually Gabriel, and they changed no. it to Gabrielle, Gabrielle to write this song. That's funny. which is which is hilarious. Um, so that's that's where that comes from. But it, it kind of falls in line with like it's going to be a long night off yeah. of Quebec. Like it's got that that fast pace, like kind of shreddy kind of sound. Her yeah, like, shreddy. Uh, that's cool. So that's, yeah, you you showed me this song, and I I subsequently showed it to Pat. And Pat, it's funny that you said Pat showed you Bananas and Blow. I played this song, and Pat was like, "Who is this?" 
<laughs> he didn't know because yeah. i mean honestly you That's listen so to it funny, dude. you listen to it it sounds like elvis costello or something like that right. it sounds yeah. like a different artist i I love this song too yeah. this song's definitely top five for me uh and it's cool that yeah i guess shinola came out in like 2005 it looks mm-hmm. like he said it was 15 years of just like yeah it's it's recordings between and, 1990 and and 2005 so uh, since their first album like it, it's literally since the beginning that's it's just I, I i guess when you get into a groove of just like creating music and you got whatever it is that thing you can just keep on putting stuff out because right like i said their first album in 1990 was like 26 songs who puts out a, an album 26 <laughs> songs even hey. if they're only a minute and a half or whatever i get it cool right but 26 like that's that's, that's a lot that's a big undertaking and i'm sure they didn't i'm sure they had plenty of others too it wasn't just like right. oh we only have 26 for this one right i mean uh, this this is a <laughs> testament this album is a testament to that because right it's it's all b-sides and rarities right and i think you even put another track on here yep, uh, from shinola and that's that's the next song we're gonna be listening to so it's uh transitions transitions all right let's go Transitions, huh? Yeah, man. It's another another deep cut off of uh, Shinola. Um, just didn't make one of the albums that we were talking about. It sounds like it's probably from the Mollusk era. Yeah. Uh, it's got that that underwater sound, that, that synthy vibe. It's, 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 uh, it's an interesting sound. It's a cool song, though. Um, Another thing, just while we were, you know, listening to it, I was thinking about it. It probably is from that time because the, like I said earlier, the mollusk is when they introduced uh, Claude Coleman, and that song was that was carried by the drum. That whole thing. I mean, it was mostly drum. There was a little bit of, you know, the the uh, couple of chords in there and like a small guitar solo, but for the most part, the beat was was the drum. Yeah. And I think that was them kind of showcasing, or at least him showcasing, Claude showcasing what he could do for them. After, now I said I put this out of order, but La Cucaracha, after that, they were, they, they toured a bit, but they, they took, they took a break. When you look Went them on up, hiatus. yeah, look them up. It still says, it says 2015 to present. They're still, are they still touring? Well, they, I, yeah, I mean, I mentioned it earlier that there was that the concert where they talked about I got a weasel. Uh, I think that was like 2014. Okay, right around there, 2015. That it's was 2015 to present. They're still together, right? So then it must have been maybe they're still touring right then. But yeah. they did break. Well, no, they, they 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 are touring again. Their their Instagram and things like that have posted uh, dates for tours. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so they're coming back together. Um, yeah. But yeah, 2011, I want to say, is when they, 2011, 2012 is when they actually took their break and both Dean Ween and Gene Ween uh, went off and did their own, their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aaron Freeman kept his name and just went out and did an album called Freeman in uh, 2014, but... uh, Mickey went and kept the Dean Ween uh, name and actually created a uh, band called the Dean Ween Group, 
which uh, is actually our next song here. And it's uh, Dickie Betts. So let's go <laughs> and give it a listen, and I'll come on back and talk about it. This album came out in 2016. Dean Ween Group. And it's off the Diener album. I heard this on Pandora. And I told you that I wasn't a huge, like, I I, I knew Ween songs. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, like, know their whole catalog like I do now. Right. And I looked and I'm like, who is this? Like you hear this, <laughs> like guitars and all this other stuff. And I'm like, who is this? And I look it up and it says Dean Ween group. And I'm like, wait a second. Further uh, crystallized the fact that I thought his name was Dean Ween. That's so um, funny. But I, you know, I just, I, and I picked it because I picked it for this playlist because it shows just, there's no singing, nope. just superb guitar work. And it's just a really fun uh, kind of tribute to Dickie Betts, which, you know, you see Dickie Betts and you're like, oh, it's a ween song. It's got to be dirty or something. I didn't know right. who Betts was. Oh, you didn't know it was the Allman Brothers? I didn't know it was the Allman Brothers. No, no. I didn't. I didn't know that either. I just, I learned it <laughs> as I looked it up. And yeah, Dickie Betts was, uh, you know, when I hear this song, I'm like, this is Jessica by the Allman Brothers. Like that's Yeah, exactly. Song. Well, that's, um, that's, if this song was not called Dickie Betts, if it was called anything else, it, it, you would assume that it's an Allman Brothers song. Absolutely. Like, it, it just sounds just like them. Well, I did a little digging on Dickie Betts and he, he basically revolutionized the sound of like twin harmonized guitars. Like that wasn't done. And you can hear it in that, how like the right. piano and the, the, the guitar work kind of like blends into itself. And there's yeah. another guitar in the background, not a rhythm and a lead, but like two leads or two harmonizing right. guitars. And I guess Dickie Betts was like the forerunner in that sound. So yeah, really cool. And uh, something else that, you know, we didn't really talk about, but another thing uh, Mickey does or Mr. Dean Ween, uh, he runs a fishing boat out of New Jersey and you can pay like 500 bucks to go fishing with, with him. Yeah, dude. It, I, I actually looked into it because my, my old roommate, I got him in the ween uh, about a year ago. Yeah. And he, he, he's one of those guys when he gets into something, dude, he's it's hard. all about it, yeah. all about it. And he became like obsessed. And we, we talked about it for a little bit, like maybe throwing something together. Cause 500 bucks, you get, I don't know, 10 people, me, you, Pat, my buddy, do Dom, like, yeah, dude, it's not a lot of money. And I was reading about it. He, he takes you out. He, he teaches you what you need to do. He explains everything on the website. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely do that. I think that'd yeah, be, be fun cool. and just ask him questions about <laughs> the <laughs> insanity like that was there. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Be. But uh, I, uh, I found out the song was, he wrote it with a four string guitar and a drum machine while he was watching his parents' house. This song? Was, yeah. Oh, no he, way. Like, yeah, he, like, he sat down and was like, all right, I'm here to to house it. I have my guitar, this drum machine. I'm going to make a song. That's funny. We did it well, man. He did it well, and it was super clean. And like I said, it was kind of like out of the blue because I, I knew Ween. I knew a couple Ween tracks. But when I heard this, I was I, 
and you can't really look up too much about the Dean Ween group. Like there's not mm-hmm. much like information out there about it. Uh, but actually after they split and did their own stuff, I mean, we didn't really talk about this too, but uh, Dean also had the Moist Boys, mm-hmm. which was out there. And that was like a side project while Ween was going on, I believe. Yeah, I think so. He worked with... Uh, it was uh, Dean and Mean, mm-hmm. the bassist, and they had a few albums, a bunch of albums actually. They had like five or six. So he was doing like we talk about how much music they put out there. They were doing stuff everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Uh, and I guess if you got the music bug, man, that's what you do. And uh, finally, going to round this out with actually Aaron Freeman's uh solo band that he did when they broke after uh after ween and uh it's going to be for a while i couldn't play my guitar like a man let's go so it was aaron freeman's only solo album uh it's really good the whole album it's probably my favorite song off of it he did a lot of work with uh, other people in his time off away from Ween. But uh, I guess there was a uh, a Gene's Gone, the final demo recordings of Gene Ween from 2009 to <laughs> 2011 before he went and put this album out, which has some, I, I guess it was only released like in secret. It wasn't like, it wasn't, it was just kind of like online, like SoundCloud <laughs> or something like that. Uh and it only came out right before this album came out. So like 2013 or something like that. Right. But yeah, man, Ween is just not only a cool band that can just jump around to different genres and play music that's just really good and well put together. But like we said before, they're they're PA locals. So we got to rep them a little harder, right? Yeah, for know. sure. Yeah, and that's just kind of where I leave it with Freeman. You know, we did the Dean Ween group and Freeman to show the work that they did outside of Ween. And even outside of Ween, they're both incredibly talented musicians. And I don't know, like I said, I think we put it together a pretty approachable playlist. And hopefully everyone out there digs it. And I had a cool time putting this together with you. So really, uh, thanks for your input and uh, being a part of this again. Yeah, dude. Glad to help. Ween is a very cool band. They have a lot of music out there. Like you said, they're versatile. They're just super talented dudes. And it shows in their music. 100%. All right, man. Well, thank you very much. Finish it out and uh, be talking to you. Good, dude. See you later. All right, everyone. That was this week's artist sound check featuring Ween. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. Uh, looking to do more of those in the future, but we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh new mixtape that you're going to want to check out. So be sure to follow me on Facebook, Spotify, and the YouTubes to make sure you have the music available when you're ready to push play. All right, jammers. Until next time, jam on.